Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Helwani, back with another edition of the Helwani Show on this here Wednesday. And today, my friends, we've got a lot to discuss. Of course, UFC 255 is coming up this Saturday. A sneaky good card. A lot of people sleeping on this card, but I'll tell you in a minute why I think it's a sneaky good card. And we'll talk to two of the champions competing on that card on this here podcast. We'll also talk to the one and only Darren Till. But first... I do want to tell you, it is a huge week in the world of the National Basketball Association. you got trades opening up again. you got free agency starting later in the week. The draft on Wednesday night. I can't get enough of it. I love everything about it. And on Monday, I told you about my man, Adrian Wojnowski, a.k.a. Woj, dropping that three-part podcast series about the two-time NBA MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's a great listen. If you haven't listened to it yet, Do yourself a favor, check it out. It's an incredible listen about the series of twists and turns that led up to the night the Milwaukee Bucks selected Giannis, this skinny Greek kid that no one had heard of who was was playing in like the fourth tier Greek league against guys who were smoking cigarettes at halftime. They drafted him 15th overall in the 2013 NBA draft. It's a tremendous story, even if you're not a fan of basketball if you're not a fan of the bucks or Giannis, like if you're if you're into good storytelling trust me on this one it's worth checking out it's called the Giannis draft all you have to do is search for the woge pod wherever you get your podcast and then you can listen to it and enjoy it all right now on to today's program which definitely contains some language that may not be suitable for all audiences so listener discretion is advised enjoy Welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show! Back in your life on this Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Helwani Show. Like I said at the very top, we've got a loaded lineup for all of you. Of course, we're thinking about UFC 255. It goes down this Saturday at the Apex in Las Vegas. And I love the fact that the flyweights are in focus. You know, the flyweights don't get enough respect. The the female flyweights, the male flyweights. In my opinion, they don't get enough respect. They're some of the best athletes on the roster And I love the fact that we've got the male 125-pound champion and the female 125-pound champion co-main eventing the same pay-per-view card. Now, if you listen to DC and Hawani, you know that I am a massive fan of Davison Figueredo. I think that he can be a future star in this sport. Now, there's one thing that he doesn't have going for him. Like, If you look at the checklist of what you need to become a star, he has it all except for one thing. He's a flashy guy. He's got a flair for the dramatic. He's a finisher. He's an exciting fighter. He always goes for the finish. He knocks people out. He's got power. He's got everything going for him. He dresses all snazzy. He's got the cool hair. He's got the sunglasses, everything. The one thing he doesn't have going for him right now is that he can't speak English. And why do I say this? Because you need to connect with the audience, especially the English-speaking audience, which is predominantly who the UFC audience is. Anderson Silva went through this. Jose Aldo went through this. He's going through it. I think if he learns how to speak English, he will 
take his and of course he has to win on on Saturday against Alex Perez. He will he will take his stock to another level. So later on in the program, we will talk to Davison Figueredo, who is accompanied by the one and only Valid Ishmael, the longtime MMA fighter slash manager slash promoter. Valid is perfect for Davison because if Davison can't speak English, Valid is the guy to have by his side. He he's like an old school 1985 pro wrestling manager. You know how much I love talking to Valid. Together, they are a magical duo. So Davison Figueredo versus Alex Perez, that's the main event on Saturday. And yes, I know a lot of people don't know a lot about Alex Perez. If you want to learn more about him, go to the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. I have an interview up with him right now. I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about him. Probably the most anonymous uh, pay-per-view headliner since UFC 178 when Chris Carriasso fought in the main event. Or maybe a few years later on when Yana Kunitskaya. There haven't been a lot of them. This is a weird spot. It was supposed to be Davison Figueredo versus uh, Cody Garbrandt, as you know. Uh, Garbrandt got injured, and so in comes Alex Perez, the first Contender Series product, by the way, to graduate from Contenders to a UFC title fight. We'll see if he can be the first to actually win the belt. So this is a big spot for Davison because his first official title defense coming off the two wins over Joseph Benavides, and he could very well be the fighter of the year if he wins this fight. So that's the main event. And I'm excited to see Davison back. And I like that he's getting the push. Co-main event is maybe the most dominant champion in the UFC today. And the champion that has the largest gap between herself and the rest of the contenders in her respective weight class, it's the one and only Valentina Shevchenko, who usually likes to be active. This year, not as much. She fought back in February. She beat Caitlin Chukagian. She returns, what? Nine months later, after a knee injury, she was supposed to fight Joanne Calderwood in June. Pandemic hits. She gets hurt. Joanne decides to not wait around anymore back in August. She fights Jennifer Maya. She loses to Jennifer Maya. And so we catch up with Valentina Shevchenko as well, who is an incredible fighter. To me, worth pay-per-view dollars. Such a joy to watch her fight. So technically sound. Is a killer out there. And is really coming into her own as far as her personality is concerned. I remember talking to her back in May. In the midst of all this, she told me that she was really into playing the ukulele. I got a ukulele as a result. We talk about our love of that instrument and her evolution as a player and also as a guitar player. I mean, it's just wonderful stuff with Valentina Shevchenko. So Davison Figueredo, Valentina Shevchenko. But first, we speak to the one and only Darren Till. Darren Till, as you know, was supposed to fight on December 5th against Jack Hermanson. Unfortunately, he re-injured his knee. I wanted to know what was up with the knee when he might return, all those things and more we address with the very charismatic, the very entertaining Darren Till. He's got a lot going on. And by the way, he tried to be a part of UFC 255. He tried to uh, win the the campaign to corner Mike Perry, but uh, unfortunately, Mike didn't take his offer. He's going to be cornered by a good friend of his and his pregnant girlfriend. But we talk about his ongoing, quote-unquote, feud with Mike Perry, life, um, in, in, in the UK under lockdown, all that stuff and more. It's always a treat when you get to talk to Darren Till. So he kicks things off. Afterwards, we'll talk to Valentina Shevchenko. We'll hear from Davison Figueroa. And by the way, happy anniversary to all the fans out there who watched back on this day, 14 years ago, George St. Pierre become a UFC champion for the very first time, November 18, 2006. I was at a bar in Montreal, a sports bar called Champ Sports Bar. I convinced some of my friends to go to this sports bar to watch our own George St. Pierre of Montreal, Quebec, Canada fight for the belt and try to win the belt for the first time in Sacramento at UFC 65 against Matt Hughes. I remember the line outside the bar. I couldn't believe how many people cared about MMA back then, 2006, 14 years ago. And I'll never forget how the crowd exploded when he won. 
as if the Canadians had just won the Stanley Cup. And it was on that night that I said, you know what? This sport that I love, that I wasn't sure if anyone else cared about, this sport is really going places and I want to be a part of it and I want to devote my life to covering this sport. That night changed my life, November 18th, 2006. This is the 14-year anniversary of that night, so happy anniversary to George and all the fans who celebrated that night as well. All right, without further ado, here's my conversation with Darren Till. Well, 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 look what we have here. If it isn't my old friend, the Liverpudlian himself, the Scouser himself. Top of the league. Top of the league, Mr. Darren Till. You know, there I was just a few weeks ago having a lovely dinner with my wife and kids. I get a text, Zoom, now, not tonight, not coming up, but now. And I said, (laughs) my family, I love you, but I have to drop everything. Darren needs me. He needs me to uh, to be the main attraction on his rinky dink zoom that he does with his crazy. And you fans. was the main attraction. I, I sure was. And so, you know, in the back of my mind, I said, "This is great. I've done him a solid. Now he will reciprocate." And so here we are. Last week, set up to do an interview. Darren ghost me. This week, ghost me. And so I laid on the Jewish guilt really thick. And here he is, Darren Till in the flesh. How are you, sir? What time? What time is it as well? It's late at night. Yeah, respect. you know I'm here. Uh, Always respect, respect. Is your family sleeping? Yeah, we're uh, we're on the couch, unfortunately. Okay, wait, everyone's on the couch right now. Yeah, we're having our house renovated, so it's a couch job, Ariel. It's a couch job. Oh, they must be really annoyed annoyed right now. But okay, we're happy. We're, we're one big happy family, so we're happy. Okay, uh, happy. Darren, lots to discuss with you. It's good to see you and your uh, your pearly whites, which are blinding me at the moment. I mean, look at those things. They're unbelievable. Um, unfortunately, we got some bad news regarding December 5th. What happened? Ariel, I just wasn't 100%. Uh, I didn't give my knee enough time to recover from the fight with Rob. You know, after the fight with Rob, I had a few weeks off. So obviously you, you get out of shape. Uh, and then when I came back, you know, I felt good. I felt ready. I, I still felt quite, because, uh, you know, when when you're fit and you're training for a five-round fight, you don't lose that fitness so quick. But as things went on through fight camp, like my knee just deteriorated a little bit. And I just decided that I wanted to, to fight a guy like Jack. I wanted to be 100%. And so I, I wasn't ready. And I had a man in injury uh, during fight camp up to Jack and, you know, I spoke with me coach and I said, this will be the first time I've ever pulled out of a fight. You know, I've never pulled out of a fight. And he was like, you know, what do you want to do? I said, I would like to fight. He's like, but then, you know, it's, you know, this is like the fight. You, you beat Jack. You're still there for a title shot against, you know, the champion Israel. He was like, you know, we, we've got to be 100%. And he was like, I don't think it's a good idea uh, to fight right now. And, and to be honest, this was the first time I, I gave like a mature answer. I was like, you know what, coach, I understand. Yeah, I think we should wait. So, you know, I'm going to carry on training to the best of my ability and just wait for the, the new year now. I think that's the best uh, choice and option for myself. You know, I'm still young, Ariel, and, you know, we've had many conversations and, you know, I feel like I'm going to be soon coming up into my prime. So I don't want to make no silly mistakes. Mm. Do you need surgery? I don't know. I mean, the doctor that, seen me after Whitaker, uh, the fight with Whitaker, he was like astonished. He was like, wow, how did you carry on fighting after that? And I was like, you know, it's just, it's not just me. 
as an individual fighters are just that that way inclined. He was like, no, you haven't got any MCL left. He was like incredible really and, and then when I recovered he was even more shocked he was like wow you've made such a quick recovery and you know uh, not to harp it on about it but I was like it's all in the mind blah blah etc etc but you know uh, I probably do need surgery in the future Ariel but you know I just I, I didn't give myself enough time between fights to fight mm. Jack after the Whitaker fight and that's basically what sums it up you know uh, I'm, I'm gutted about it I've never pulled out of a fight before so I'm gutted and, and now uh, Kevin Holland gets a great opportunity and I'm uh, I'm happy for him. You know me, Ariel, I'm, I'm not one of these haters on other people's success. So, you know, I'm happy for him. I really am. Yeah, um, having to make that final call to pull out of your first fight ever in your entire career, what was that like? Like when the realization set in that you were pulling out? I think, you know what, I, I wasn't so, like, I'll say this for everyone to understand because I know a lot of people don't understand me, but I wasn't so, like, bugged out. I was like, you know, I made a mature decision. I made a mature a matured fighter fighter's decision, you know. Us fighters in MMA, we're, we're constantly, you know, the injuries we get here and, and sometimes we fight through them and everything. You know, we I remember even before I fought Carl, where I tore my knee, and, you know, that's, that's a fight that I was just like, no, I can't pull out. This is my big break, but... You know, I can afford, I know this might sound a little bit maybe cocky on my side, or whatever, but I can afford to pull out of a fight like this and look after my health and well-being because I can't go into a fight with Jack, not a, especially a guy like Jack who's, you know, he's there now, top three, top five. I can't go in less than 100%. So it was, a, it was on my part, it was just a mature decision hmm. that had to be made. Realistically, when do you think you can return? I'm I'm looking at like February March. Uh, I know my teammate Tom Tom Aspinall. He wants to fight in like February March, so that'd be great for me and him to fight on the same show. And Mike Grundy, he's fighting in January against Nick Lentz. So you know we, we'll all be training at the same time, which is good. And what about opponent? Ideal opponent for your return? We'll see. I I want to see how Kevin does against Jack now. Uh, Paolo Costa, Robert Whitaker. Do you know uh, who else? I'm, f- I'm forgetting names. Uriah Hall, uh, Jacare, and, and Marvin Vittori. There's all. There's all well. interesting. Hamza. <laughs> <laughs> um, he needs to get past Leon. If he gets past Leon, he will. He he has my respect, of course. But he needs to get past Leon, and I'm going to be honest. Leon's a Brit. Now, I know me and Leon have had our differences, but we're in different weight classes now. So as a Brit, I want to push him to the title, and I'm sure he wants to do the same for me. So I contacted Leon, and I was like, hey, should we get some rounds of sparring in, me, me, you, and your brother? And he was like, yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, obviously, I, I done my knee a little bit now, so I'm going to lay off it, uh, not see him for a few weeks. But... I want to push Leon as, and I and, and know he wants to push me. So, you know, I'm rooting for Leon, obviously, as an English guy. But at the same time, I just don't think Kamzat's going to get past Leon. I think Leon's got too well equipped in every area. And this is his big break. Like, people keep doubting him and he keeps saying, what more does he need to do? And I feel like now is the time. Like, a lot of people are saying he's on a win streak and now a lot of people are saying, well, who's he fought? He's fought great names. Maybe he hasn't fought anyone in the top five solidified, but 
you can't look past Leon as a everybody's like a might sweet to you, Ariel. Your beard's a good one. <laughs> uh, it's all right. I'm happy yeah. to play along. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you can look past Leon if you're anyone in that waterway division. He's got every tool needed to be the champion. He's fought the champion. The champion has actually said that he was as hard as fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm rooting for Leon all the way, and, and I think he's got all the tools to really upset the show. I love to see the uh, the fellow Brits, even though you're from Liverpool, he's from Birmingham, coming together and, and rooting for each other. By the way, you tweet so much, you get notifications uh, on, on people liking your tweets. That must be a pain in the butt. No, because I don't, you know, Ariel, I don't tweet every day and I'm not on it every day. I, I delete it and download it. So the notifications are never off. Wait a second. You delete your app every time? Yeah, I always delete the Twitter app, yeah. Why? I delete the Instagram and Twitter app. Why? Well, I've just been deleted off Instagram, so I'm not going to be on that for a while. I don't what know happened what's on Instagram? They just, they've just they deleted me like 10 times now. What did you do? I'm just so offensive, aren't I? <laughs> and I just don't give a fuck. Wait, so you're but, off? Like they took away your account? Yeah, my uh, one of my uh, guys who works with me in uh, the, the brand, it was like, where's your Instagram going? I was like, what do you mean? And I clicked on it. It was like, you've been logged out. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> God, give me strength. <laughs> Maybe it's a blessing. 2020. It's not a blessing. I need to be on there. Business is calling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Business is booming for you, right? I mean, I saw your post about how, you know, maybe a negative thing led to a good thing, but like you have turned into a real entrepreneur. Yeah. It, just to be short and sweet here, because there's going to be some news coming out about Raw Dog oh. in the next week. Okay. Yeah. And it's a bit of a negative and a bit of a positive. Yeah. But I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. But it's to do with another brand. Yeah. So you can take what I'm not going to say no more. I'm not going to say no more about it. Okay. But it's that. So you can take whatever you want from that, but it all will be revealed. So for me, it's a bit of a negative and a positive. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see. But on the flip side, on, on the other side, Raw Dog has been amazing. Like, I can't even believe how good it's gone. And with the beer, the only slight problem we had with the beer area, and I just want to say this to all fans, supporters, and friends, family, even if I don't speak to you and you see me on this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that we had a problem at the start with the, the, like the pricing of the Raw Dog beer. We couldn't get it quite right, and it did come out quite expensive, but we're working on that right now. Because we got so many orders and so many requests. Like people wanted to have it in Dubai, America, New Zealand, Canada, Brazil, all over Spain. And Ariel, it was so phenomenal the support. So I know I this brand can be this raw dog beer, especially because with the raw dog like items, lighters, clothing, it was all limited edition. So it was, you know, we brought it out for seven days and it went mental, you know, for seven days. But then we never bring it back. But with the beer, I want the beer to be like a longevity, longevity thing. Like, you know, you can even take inspiration from the way Conor McGregor runs his uh, proper 12. Like, Conor McGregor, you know, he's rough around the edges, but the way he treats his proper 12 is all professional. Mm-hmm. Now, Raw Dog's not the same because it's not really a professional brand. We all know where it's come from. But it can be the same, the beer. So 
not to go too much on about it, Ariel, because we haven't come on here to, to like, you know, a sponsored post for Roda, but it's going really well and I'm very excited for the future, but we just need to get past this little hurdle in the next week, but it's a negative and a positive, so you'll see in about a week's time. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Why aren't you cornering Mike Perry this weekend? Uh, One, he hates me. And two, he hates me. (laughs) Were you sincere? Yes. And you know I was. Because not a lot of people know me and you have got a great relationship. Yeah. And I've got a great relationship, but a lot of you guys on the other side of the octagon, because even like with Dana and and the matchmakers and, and people who work for the UFC, they... They see the way I am as like a person, and you know, Ariel, I was being sincere. Through all the jokes and the drama and the offensive stuff, I was going to go there, corner Mike Perry, be as professional as possible, and then maybe have a fight outside with him after it. <laughs> so you know I was sincere about that. Was it ever considered? Uh, it, from my part or from his from part? his part like did they ever reach out to you I would know I know I didn't even know his manager was a uh, Abraham or Malky I always give them shit on Twitter by the yes, way I'm, yes. I give everyone shit no one's safe but I think he would have considered that because it was you know it was big pre- listen at the end of the day I was going to go there and be sincere and professional and, and and ultimately get Mike Perry the win you know mm-hmm. Mike Perry talks about match matchmaking you know I'm fighting me he's not in a position to fight me right now Ariel now People watching now will go, well, Dan, you're coming from a loss. Do you know who I've just lost to? The former champion who beat Yoel twice, who's one of the best fighters in the UFC. We went the distance. It was a close call either way. He he edged it off a takedown. I'm fighting the elite of the elite of the elite. I'm sorry to say, I am an elite. I take chances, I take risks, and it's all going to pay off for me in the end. Mike Perry needs to break that top 10 first before he even thinks about fighting with me. And he's a lower weight class. As much as I have a lot of respect for him, right now, he's not even in touching distance of being able to fight me. It's just the way it is. So, but with regards to the corner, I was being 100% sincere. I wanted to corner him. I wanted to speak to him. I wanted to fight fight him in in, in the back of the UFC after his fight. But I want him to win Saturday. And I am always rooting for him, even though I know deep down he hates me. I'm not bothered. You you know me. I don't get offended or anything. I couldn't give a shit. So I'm just curious. What do you think of this whole situation with Izzy moving up to 205? 
and fighting Jan and Whitaker. Dana White saying Whitaker didn't want it, which I think his words were misconstrued. What do you, what do you, what do you make of all of that? People, listen, this is the thing, Ariel. We, we all know you've had your back and forth with Dana. People take Dana's comments so literal. Fighters get so offended when he says something. What do you give a fuck for, man? How insecure, how insecure are all these fighters? Hmm. Then they start having digs at Dana. Shut the fuck up. You know what you know. That's it. Dana's meant to promote fights and, and say things. And sometimes people might say he's lying. Who gives a fuck? Because I certainly don't. He's the best promoter in the world. He's made the UFC what it is. Us as the fighters, of course, yeah. There's one minor problem that I always have. I think we should be paid more, especially, you know, guys who are selling out the arenas and tours and Abu Dhabi. But that's besides the point, you know, where Izzy can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's the champion. He's beat the best in the division, apart from me. I am the best. But he can do what he wants. He can move up. He can go down. He can go and suck farts out of Dana's ass for all I care. I don't care, Ariel. Let Izzy do he what he's going to do. Do you think he wins that 205? Yes, that 100%. I don't think he beats John Jones. I don't think he's got the tools. Quite, it's funny, man, because uh, one thing I like, John. I'm, I'm a fan of John Jones. One thing I think Jones done wrong recently was sort of, he was tweeting while Khabib winning and, and he's like, I'm the guy. Yeah, I know obviously what his thoughts are, but I think he should have left it. Just let Khabib have them four weeks of, of whatever Khabib's got. Khabib's a great man and a great fighter and a great champion. But no doubt in my mind, I think John Jones is the pound for pound number one right now. There's just his competition, who he's beat. And yeah, the PD does taint him, the, the steroids or whatever. I don't even know what you said, what, what to call that. I've never took a fucking scoop of protein, never mind steroids. Uh, he's the best. The, the steroids taint his, his legacy a little bit, but not as much as people say. He, he's the best. So you think he beats Izzy? Yeah, I think Jones beats Izzy, but I think Izzy, Izzy beats Jan. Okay, interesting. Um, and one would think that, like, I thought if you would have beaten Jack, you could have gotten a shot at Izzy because there's no I, other... I will, when the time comes, Ed, trust me, I'm 27, I will beat Izzy. But right now, Izzy's the main man. No hate. He's doing what he's doing. Congrats. Love him. Main man, hmm. can you even work out right now? Yeah, like, of course. I, no, yeah, of course. I, I had a, I had two injections in my knees yesterday, oh. uh, so I couldn't train today. But I'm just, I'm, I'm going with the flow, Ariel. I'm just going with the flow, mate. Uh, I'm in no rush to do anything. And and, could I and as, you... I, as I said, sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. As I said, this is a time now to work on other projects, which hmm. I have been doing. So, you know, uh, I'm just trying to keep occupied and just trying to work on other projects and work on myself and I'm not trying to be all like spiritually woke because that ain't me for this thing but you know just trying to work on flaws and strengths and you know family life that's what we should be doing yeah and actually to that point can I just ask you because uh, obviously you live in the UK and this is a tough time not only in the UK but all around the world but right now you're going through a second lockdown right tough, it, tough time when you say tough time what are you referring to the lockdown just mentally I know a lot of people are depressed a lot of people not for me no. Tough time. Ariel, I live in a three-storied house with two cars and food and warmth and clothes and money. I ain't going through no tough time and neither are 99% of people in the UK right now.
The 1% is the people who will lose. Don't, just to be real, because I am a joker on Twitter and I try to offend everyone. And that's just me. But to be real for a sec, because I'm speaking, the 1% is the people who are actually losing family members, who are losing jobs, who are losing money, who are, businesses are closing down, stuff like that. Yeah, they are going through a tough time. But tough times are meant to happen as much as... Do people think... You know, I was having a conversation with my girl the other day and she was like, oh, like, I could never imagine something happening to our babies. And I said, well, you better fucking prepare for it because don't ever sit there and think that you're not going to be the one that nothing's going to happen to you or your family. People lose children every day. People lose family members. People die every day. So don't sit there and never think stuff's going to not happen to you because it's a possibility for all of us. Tough times are meant to happen and good times are meant to happen. Now, I'm speaking like that. I've never not. I, I've I've never lost a lot of people close to me. But you, you can't have that mentality. Or oh, I could never carry on if 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 I lost this or lost someone or something happened. Things happen. I watched a documentary on Netflix the other day where the father to create a new life and go off with like his affair lover killed his two children. You know, sickening that is. But this shit happens within the real world. So don't come at me with tough time, mate. I ain't going through no tough time. Well, I guess the question I was going to ask you, and, and you pretty much answered it there, was if you had advice for people on how to get through this, because I've been reading a lot about the youth who are feeling down. It's the winter. Yeah. It gets dark early. You of know course. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I actually said to my friend before, uh, I said, this second lockdown shitter than the first. And he's like, yeah, I agree with you because the first, it was sunny. You remember I was out on my quads and, and stuff. Yeah. I don't, who am I to give advice here? You know, where I, I, I can tell you, you know, it hasn't affected me, but, you know, my my boss is to say Dana and stuff. Is, they, work has been happening as usual. I, I, I don't know what I'd say. I'd just say, this this is going to sound bad and, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get a, a lot of hate for it, but just shut the fuck up and stop moaning. Mm. Just, if you've got a warm house, clothes on your back and food, I know it sounds cliche, just shut the fuck up. Now, I do feel sorry for the people losing businesses and I feel even more sorry for people losing relatives and, and family members due to COVID and, and stuff like that. But right now in, in the UK, it's weird as well. You've got 50% of people who are like, let's take back the UK and, and, and you know, it's it's all a conspiracy for world order and stuff like that. And then you've got the other 50% who are like, no, masks, this, that, the other vaccine... I think both of the 50% are just fucking idiots. <laughs> what do you it's want wild, me to say? It's a wild time. No, I just know. I know a lot of kids look up to you. They, they of do. Course whether you, you know, you know, there was a famous. But that's thing. the advice, Ariel. That's yeah. the advice. That's, that's fine. That's the advice from me. That is, that is, that is, no one's behind me right now saying, Darren, be careful what you say. Say this, say that. That's the advice, Ariel. Just fucking get on with it. Just get on with it and I know it's hard and that's easy people will sit there and go it's easy for you to say that and because you're saying you've got all of I haven't got all the money for starters by the way no I'm fucking do you know what I mean I'm not a fucking gazillionaire millionaire no not by a long shot but yeah I'm in a far better position than a lot of other people people are losing business and stuff like that but as I said to you this shit happens you can't be one of these people thinking bad things are never going to happen to you because bad things happen every single day, every minute, every hour. That's me advice. It's not even advice. It's just my mentality. So if kids want to take on that mentality of thinking, do it. 
Yeah, there was a a famous basketball player back in the day named Charles Barkley. You know Charls Barkley? Yeah, he was in the. I know him from Space Jam. He was yeah. in Space Jam. He great. was in Space Jam. Yes, tremendous yeah. movie. But he was also a great basketball player, and he had a famous commercial. Yeah, I believe so. His commercial, uh, the lo- the line that he said that stuck with him throughout his career, he said, "I am not a role model." And the whole commercial was about how I should not be viewed as a role model. I'm just an athlete who puts a ball on a hoop. But the reality is, as you know you are a role model. Athletes are viewed as role models and people look up to you and they, they try to copy what you do and say. And so yes. I know a lot of people do look up to you because you, you are such a big star over there. So that's all. I wanted to know what you were thinking about it all. Thank you for that. I, you know, I am a big star all over the world. I'm yes, I know. Really. Especially no, Dubai. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dubai. Yeah. Uh, I say the same thing, Ariel, but at the same time, there's a fine line of what you can do as well. And being a role model com- comes with a lot of responsibilities. I didn't never ask to be famous or well-known or a role model. I want to just be a fighter, but it comes, that's that's what comes with the territory. So you asked me to give advice to these young guys all in MMA gyms now and just in the house watching. And that's the advice that it's not even advice. It's just, that's my way of thinking. So take on my way of thinking. And yet it's very easy for me to sit here and say, say these things while I'm not losing businesses or losing uh, loved ones close to me. But that's the reality of life, Ariel, unfortunately, mate. So can everyone please just shut the fuck up? But every single fighter and every single person viewing now is just going to say that until you're just a moron. Yeah, but the good news is they say that regardless of what you just said. Yeah, so I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, so, okay, let's end on this because I know you, you want to go to bed. It's it's getting late over there. No, um, you want to talk to me. You keep me up. You talk to me. Okay, Ariel. I don't know. I'm trying to be respectful of your family. Um, just a couple fuck of weeks. me family. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my. Um, a couple of weeks ago was the one year anniversary of your win over Kelvin Gaslam. So, so let me ask you this last question that I was going to ask you because you end the year with the win over Kelvin. I remember you were so happy. You were emotional afterwards, um, but you were relieved as well because you get the victory in a new weight class. That's at the end of the year, right? November. And now here we are 2020 a year later, almost the end of the year. How would you view 2020? Like what would you say 2020 has been like for you? Because you haven't won in 2020, but I would argue you're a lot more famous. Your popularity has skyrocketed, thanks in large part to your social media. Um, and you end the year with an injury. But I, I feel like 2020... I've showed that, I, I've showed that I'm one of the elites, the, the last guy for, you know what I mean? I'm up there. So, you know, uh, I don't know, Ariel. What do you want me to say? Oh, 2020 has been shit because of lockdown and because... No, I, th- I actually think it's know, been good for you. I... I, I don't know. I don't really go off years, Ariel. I go off go off days and weeks. And, and to be quite frank with you, Ariel, right, if I go a day without training, I get depressed. So that's how I treat my days. I don't treat my years like anything, you know. Uh, mm. Been a fun year. The, the first lockdown was great. The second lockdown, not so great, but who gives a fuck? I had a great fight with one of the best fighters in the whole world in the UFC, the best organisation in the world. There you go. You know, I've had a newborn baby. You know, I love me kids. You know, I, I've moved into a new house. Well, I don't go off years. I just go off days. If there's a day that I don't train, I get sad. So as long as I can train every day apart from Sundays, I'm happy. That's just how I treat it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know, Ariel. It's just a. Uh, it's it's mad that the world right now is just 
I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, that's why I haven't got an opinion whether COVID exists or doesn't exist or it's good or it's bad or who the fuck is that until from Liverpool to comment. This is why a lot of these people on like Instagram and Twitter are just voicing their opinion over anything. And the worst thing about this stuff here is, this is why I just laugh, is the minute someone disagrees with your opinion, they just throw hate your way and they don't see reason or anything. It's just, fuck that guy. Well, what? I, f- I fucking meet you. I meet you. I just don't get it. I just don't. It's the same as road rage. People get so brave behind the wheel of a car, mm. and they're so quick to shout. Like they just don't realize I could just literally pull them out the car and just dismantle them. I never will because I don't get road rage. I think it's the stupidest thing on earth. It happens few and far between. But same thing goes for social media. People are so quick to disagree and hate, and just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean you have to hate them. That's why I don't take it serious. I just. I just offend everyone on Twitter, and including you. And the great thing about it, you're smart enough to understand that it's actually not an offensive. And even if some, there was some truth in it, so what? Well, with you, it's never any truth. Although what you said uh, wasn't true that you see you don't get road rage, except for when it involves taxi drivers, right? <laughs> Ariel, let's get one thing straight. I don't think I've ever said this to you. It actually wasn't me who robbed the taxi. <laughs> okay. I mean, I got all the blame. There you go, Darren Till got the blame, but it actually wasn't me. But yeah, road rage with taxi drivers. I should make like a raw dog taxi. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Many well, more great ideas to come for you, Darren. Yeah, I'll, I'll end this on a, on a high and I'll end this with a day. I want to wish a big good luck to Perry on Saturday, whether he hates me or not. And if I can't give any, any advice, it is just don't give a fuck what people think about you. Just do you. Be you. Be 100%. I love it. Darren, you're not so bad after all. Anytime you need me to you're, you're a bit of a but you're an all right so it's okay. Bye-bye. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So, of course, we thought that we were going to see you in June, um, and then the pandemic happened, and then, of course, your injury as well. You were supposed to fight Joanne Calderwood, and even... Um, despite the delay, we thought that eventually when you would return, it would be you versus Joanne Calderwood. But then on around 10 days notice or so, Joanne in August decided to fight Jennifer Maya and she ended up losing that fight. What did you make of her decision to fight and not wait for you? Oh, you know, it's hard to judge someone who are waiting for the fight. Um, and then like step in there and fight. It's very hard to, um, to take this decision. But in the same time, if you know that uh, you're gonna be waiting more than expected, you wanna fight, you wanna fight, you wanna gain money, you wanna do like your things. So um, I cannot say nothing uh, like, it could end either way, right? It could end like she could win the fight and then she got like same fight. So, but it was different 
differently. So I don't know. I don't know. I think the decision was taken. The um, sequence, um, what we have after it, it's already made. That's why it's not much to say about it. Were you hoping for one winner as opposed to the other? Like when you watched that fight, were you like, oh, I like no. the Joanne? No, you didn't care, right? No, no, I don't care. I, I thought it can be the other way because mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer, she's a strong fighter. She's a good fighter. And I thought that it, it could be changed. It can change. So it's changed. So it doesn't matter for me. <laughs> is, is one opponent in your mind a better matchup for you? Mm, no, never, never was that someone is better, someone is uh, not that strong. It's never was because um, uh, it doesn't reflect on my training camp because no matter who I'm going to face, I every time train myself the same intensity. I push myself to the same limits each time like it's the last fight of my life. I know exactly if I'm going to be in a good shape in the and can bring everything into the octagon that's uh, going to bring me the uh, victory for the fight. That's why I do it over and over again. <laughs> Now, Jennifer is a former flyweight champion for Invicta FC. However, she has had some mishaps as far as the weigh-ins are concerned. Any concern on your part that she won't be able to make weight, that she doesn't make weight and what you will do if she doesn't make weight? I don't think that uh, this time it's going to happen. It's too much. It's, mm. um, it's not a regular boat. It's not the justified uh, through the ranking. And usually when you have something big like that, you are preparing for this better. Uh, she comes from a great camp, Shooter Box in Brazil. What does she do that impresses you most? Mm, I cannot say that's like impresses me most, but she's a good striker. She's a good grappler. She's a complete MMA fighter. And definitely she's going to do everything uh, that she has. Um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because I am prepared. I was training so hard for everything. And if uh, I heard she's saying um, she wants a belt more than me, oh, she's wrong. She's wrong. They think that when you reach some level, become a champion, then you start to slow down and you're like... Um, focus start to lose or you are thinking about some different things so they are they're speaking about wrong person they don't know what about they speaking because the way what i did from the beginning to become a ufc champion it's not easy way not easy way at all i was a martial artist all my life i fight like so many different opponents so much experience and i know what it cost i know how difficult it was to become a champion and i'm not gonna lose it i'm not gonna lose it because i know how hard what hard work I had to do it. That's why if they are saying that be becoming a champion, you start to lose your focus, maybe some person, yes. But after the way I did to become a champion, no way. I, do you know what the term um, unflappable means? Have you heard that term before? Not yet. Like, like you are, you strike me as someone who cannot be 
bothered by this type of talk who is so strong mentally, right? You're just, you're, you're, you're unbreakable, right? Your mind is unbreakable. You, you have this focus that is unbelievable. Dare I say, Valentina, this is a crazy thought. I think we might see your best performance on Saturday because of the layoff, because you have so much aggression that you want to let out because you feel like you need to kind of remind people, you know, who's the queen. I feel like we might see one of your best performances ever. And oh, by the way, Smaller cage, I think, will help you in this regard because there's nowhere to run here, right? You're going to bring the act. What do you think of that? You're fighting in the smaller cage now. And my statement that this might be your best performance. Am I crazy or what? Uh, you know, we're going to have the answer this Saturday. <laughs> smaller cage, though. You like the smaller it. cage? Everything, everything combining together, the rest that I have, the energy that I have, the um, like everything, everything. It, it, it will work one for each other. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have this fight and all of a sudden, one of the good things about the layoff, I think maybe a silver lining, if you will, is that I feel like things have developed a little bit in the 125 division. Cause you know, every time you fight, it's like, who else is out there? Who else is out there? But Cynthia Calvillo, right? She's there. She's on the card. Lauren Murphy has looked good as of late. So slowly, but surely things are happening at 125. Are you happy with the evolution of the division? And by the way, Cynthia fighting on the same card as you against uh, Caitlin Trukagian. Uh, you know, I told from the very beginning that 125 is going to be way more interesting weight class than, than other one because, yeah, it's like straw weights going up, uh, bantam weights going down, Invicta coming here. So it's everything about flyweight now. So it's the future just like of female UFC, I think it's uh, behind the flyweight. Of, of the, the next crop, who, who impresses you the most right now? Cynthia, Lauren, someone else? Who do you think is the, the potential next one for you? You know me. You know me. I don't I, like to speak about I try, it. I like, tried, so I what, is next, what is it? Before I make my step and pass the yes. challenge, what I have right now, I never focus on the future. Unflappable. <laughs> You're unflappable. That's, that's what I was saying earlier. Uh, I saw on the countdown show, Valentina, I know that you love to shoot, right? That's why they call you the bullet. And your logo is very cool. I love the new logo, newish logo, right? It's the bullet with your, with the S and everything. But I didn't realize you have guns with your logo on it, with your name on it. I mean, that means you're a serious shooter. Who made that for you? Did someone make that for you? Or did you do it for yourself? Brownells. They made it for me, Brownells, and wow. you actually, um, as there is only two guns, um, uh, was like who has this uh, this logo, and one it was like um, uh, they have kind of things that um, I would say. Um, <sighs> Russian word is in my mind when you uh, giving giving out the things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, they they had a winner who won this pistol, also like two uh, tickets to the fight. I think it was um, the fight. What uh, didn't happen against Amanda? The first, the the, uh, the second in one in Las Vegas. Yeah, in Las UFC Vegas, two thirteen didn't happen. And so they had a winner and the, of course it was the second one and the first one I have. So Brownells there every time support me with um, guns, ammunition, with everything. And I have this gun from them. Well, the business of Valentina Shevchenko, I feel like is really good. And this is maybe a little bit inside, but over the past few months, every few weeks or so, 
I would get, uh, and, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this. I would get like a message from a manager. Oh, I'm meeting with Valentina. I'm meeting. Cause you're like one of the hottest free agents in this sport. Cause you didn't have a manager, Valentina. You're a champion in the UFC and you don't have a manager. You do it yourself. So I'm wondering, have you signed with a representation or are you still doing this all on yourself? Because every few months someone says, I'm meeting with Valentina. I'm meeting with Valentina. I'm like, wow, Valentina is really talking to everyone in the sport. And it's interesting, but I'm wondering, have you actually signed with someone? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, oh. I did. It was recently, like uh, a few weeks ago, I signed with CAA. Oh, okay. All right. And what was that process like for you? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you talk to a lot of people in the sport, right? Uh, no, you, yes, you know, it's like, it's uh, every time it's the best experience for with each one I spoke, it was like, so inspirational, it was what uh, just was great. And um, yeah, we decided like, for the by the end, uh, to have this decision. So uh, moving forward with them, and hoping for the best things to come. <laughs> that is great. Congratulations. Speaking of inspirational, Valentina, uh, the last time we spoke i don't know if you remember this but you were playing your ukulele i did, ukulele, I did. Yes. Uh, that, that that i don't know if you know this but that inspired me valentina to have my own ukulele i got my own could you imagine oh, nice and where are you now how how good are you playing now <laughs> not very good if i'm being honest uh but you inspired me really because i was like wow you know what if valentina could do it i could do it and so here i am uh thanks to my friends at kala they hooked me up and i've been practicing and i wonder are are you practicing are you still practicing or now that you're training have you put it aside uh you know like last few weeks i slowed down a little bit but um now i decided a few months ago i decided to um make it even like um wider oh. and to include guitar <laughs> wow so, <laughs> so i graduated like guitar as well <laughs> okay and how how are your guitar skills uh it's not that good as ukulele <laughs> okay but i'm slowly but surely i i want to be able to play something good i don't think that uh, it's going to be something like uh, super professional or something like that but just nice to hear uh, among the friends and just like to have nice quiet evening i want to uh, to learn to play I know you had some downtime there, so I figured maybe the, the ukulele skills had, you know, improved Increased. greatly. But, but you know, uh, what I can say is that even I uh, focus more with a guitar, oh. uh, it's uh, getting better my ukulele movement because it's one, uh, uh, one it's like combination, one um, working for another one so good because almost it's the same, of course, it's different strumming, but it's uh, the, the same you have, the more you understand it. So it's actually um, like um, I became like uh, even better playing my ukulele and it's thanks to guitar lessons. <laughs> wow. Well, how about we be the judge of that? Do you want to play so we can compare to you back in May or do you not, not have any? Not yet, not yet. I okay, don't do it later. After the fight, after the fight, we will speak it again, and we do, I do it. <laughs> okay, it's a deal. Um, well, I'm looking forward to your return. Do you, do you have have you envisioned a, a certain way that this one ends? Has has a certain outcome been present in your mind? Uh, you know, um, everything that I think about, like what kind of situation I can be in the fight. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be in this situation in the fight, but everything that I uh, work and everything I'm thinking 
to avoid dangerous situation, to um, put to flip this dangerous uh, situation, uh, like yeah, and good for me. And that's why I'm working for everything. I know she's gonna do um, a lot of striking. I know she probably gonna do. Um, Probably she will want to fight me on the ground, right? That's why I I just do my job. I just uh, perform myself as good as I can. I, ju I just train myself in the best shape to be this Saturday. And I'm there. I'm there. I'm feeling strong, feeling confident, and very uh, focused. And, and before I let you go, just curious... Uh... You know, not trying to ruffle feathers, but was there a part of you that was surprised you weren't the main event? I mean, you've been champion longer. You're probably a lot more famous than the 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 two men at the top. Like, was there a part of you like, I should be the main event? Yeah, same weight. So it's not, you know, both 125. Was there a part of you that was like, yeah, I should be the main event? Uh, you know, like, um, I'm not the kind of the person who's going to be saying, oh, something crying or something. Oh, it was, it, it's supposed to be like different way. I'm not that person. Mm. I'm not that um, one who complaining every time or asking, oh, you have to put me in the ranking here or have to put me in the ranking there. I'm not that person. And it doesn't matter. I'm in a great spot. It doesn't matter. I'm not the main uh fight no not the main event but it's the same fight it's mm. the same like uh, whatever and the performance it's really one thing that really matters and um i think both fighters who fight in main event figurator in paris they are great fighters they're gonna show a lot of skills a lot of speed a lot of power a lot of technique so it's gonna be great main event and i suggest for everyone like to watch their fight and i like the fact that it's two 125 title fights you know there's a it little looks synergy. Like, it, it looks like after the winning they're gonna have us fight each other oh, right <laughs> wait yes are you trying to go back to the uh, henry cejudo days the intergender <laughs> No, I don't know. They just put this like it, it looks like that. <laughs> Are you saying that we're going to do the headline? Valentina Shevchenko <laughs> wants to fight Davis and Figueroa. That's going to be the headline everywhere, Valentina. No, it's the headline everywhere. <laughs> uh, and 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 aren't you impressed? I didn't ask you one question about Amanda Nunes. Isn't that great? It's great. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, you are asking now. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'll save that for after the fight. For after. We'll save that for after. Uh, Valentina, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Welcome back and good luck on Saturday night. Can't wait. Thank you, Ariel. Have a good day. Bye. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you were working at the, the hair salon, let's talk about that first because I find this fascinating. You were the security guard and then did someone teach you how to become a hairstylist? I think you did it for well over a year. Like, you know, women, men, they're not going to just sit in a chair and let someone work on their hair. So how did you actually learn and develop the skills to become a hairstylist? This history is unbelievable because it's supposed to be a security on the, the saloon, but it's a short, it's not a big guy. 
And the guy say, hey, you can clean everything here. You can help us to, to clean, to, you know what I mean? Like to clean the salon, to put, you know what I mean? To be the cleaner for mm-hmm. the salon. Like, you know, he start to ask the guy, please let me try, let me help you when you have, have nothing to clean, to do the dress, to, to cut the hair. Let me see, let me close by your assistant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to be your assistant. And the guy, okay, let him be his be assistant of him. And he go to do the course to how to learn to, to cut the hair, to, to dye the hair. Wow. And this is unbelievable. And the guy start to learn to let him to do it some small services. And he start to do the, he started to be a hairdresser, like a professional hairdresser. Not that he just learned because he what? He make a course, you know what I mean? He make yeah. a make a course to be a hairdresser. He's yeah. a real certified hairdresser. For males you know or, I mean? or females or both? Homem ou mulher por todos. Todos. Both. For wow. both. Does he do But, his own hair? You know, in the beginning, he do it. His own hair. Wow. He cut, he dye his hair, he put the, la- the list. But I said, now I make enough money. I may, I put I go to the salon when I, I work before and the people do it for me there. That is great. Now, now, what about the sushi? Because I have to say, this blows my mind. I'm a huge fan of sushi, and I know that you have to be very good. Like this is a this is a very special food, right? And you're touching it; it's like art. And I saw you doing it on the countdown show with your team. That your stuff is really impressive. How did you learn how to become a sushi chef? He said, you know, he worked. He training the Michelle for two. He trained before with Michel Tato Jim, Jiu-Jitsu. And they have one guy having like sushi store, okay? And the guys know, the guy has no money for nothing. This kid believe him, don't have money for food. These the people need to understand. And the guy say, hey guys, you guys need to make money. You guys need to learn how to do sushi. I give a job for you guys, for him, for you guys, for you, Davidson. And he walked two kilometers because he don't have money to to bus and he walk to go to the course to learn how to do sushi and when he learned the guy put him to work in one of his stores because he don't have money for nothing he need to make something to make his life you know what i mean to to day by day mm-hmm. to have some money he needed to do it like not option and he was really good and the guy really like him to do it but Vou contar aquela história que tu contou, que ele queria que tu fosse o chefe geral do, 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 do restaurante. Restaurante, eu decidi. Porra. But have one day, he was so good to do sushi. The owner told him, now you're going to be the chef, of the chef in the restaurant. Wow. You're going to take care of everything. He said, oh, I cannot do that. I have no money. This is a too hard job to do the sushi for everybody alone. Because the chef, the chef was fired. The guy wanna he be at the chef. Wow. The chef. He said, man, it's too hard. I need to come back to go to the story. I need to come back to go to Sori. The people need to understand. Belém do Pará is a city in the north of the country. Sori is like is like the heart of Amazon rainforest. And he come back to Sori because so much pressure. No money, no food. Like was incredible and he's come back to sorry sorry yes where he's from yes 
I mean, how can you not love Davison Figueredo? Hairstylist, bricklayer, taxi driver, sushi chef. Incredible. What a story. A real renaissance man. If you like that portion of the conversation with Davison and, of course, his manager, the great Valid Ishmael, go to the ESPN MMA YouTube channel right now. You can listen to the whole conversation, watch the whole conversation. Also, you can watch my conversation with Alex Perez, who will be fighting Davison Figueredo, and conversation with The Undertaker. Yes, Mark Calloway himself, back for more. His final farewell will be this Sunday at the Survivor Series, 30 years to the date of his debut. Also, he's a massive MMA fan. We talk about Habib, Israel Desanya, and a whole lot more. So go check that out right now on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. Again, a reminder, UFC 255, it goes down this Saturday. Main card starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. And you know, it's interesting. Yesterday, on Tuesday, I was watching Contender Series. And one of the themes at the end of Contender Series was, you know, how there aren't a lot of shows going on right now. And that may be true. And maybe, you know, some of the regional shows in MMA aren't making a lot of money because they can't sell tickets. But I got to be honest, the main players that the UFC kind of takes their talent from, they're all putting on shows these days. And in fact, a lot of them are putting on shows this week. Listen to this. From Wednesday, today, when we're recording this, to uh, this weekend, Sunday, these are the events that are going on beginning with Wednesday night. CFFC 88 in Philadelphia. You got Brave returning um, out of Brazil. Um, yes, uh, tomorrow, excuse me. Bellator 253, um, which is headlined by AJ McKee versus Darion Caldwell. A fantastic fight. AJ McKee is one of the best young fighters in the sport. Benson Henderson also on the card as well. Joey Davis. I mean, AJ McKee is worth watching. 16-0. and 0. Uh, He might just... Uh, be the face, the future face of Bellator. So do yourself a favor and watch that. That's at Mohegan, CFFC 89. You got one championship, 121. Invicta FC 43 on Friday, featuring the Invicta debut of Kayla Harrison, who PFL allowed to go fight at least once for them. LFA 95, Ryzen 25, Titan FC 65. Lex McMahon, the longtime manager, making his one and only MMA appearance this weekend as well. You got Icon, you got Akka. You got like 10 events outside of the UFC this weekend. So this notion that there's nothing going on is actually not true. There's a lot going on, and I'm happy to see this because fighters need to make money and fight. So it's a very, very busy weekend of MMA action. But of course, the biggest one of them all is UFC 255 this Saturday night from the Apex in Las Vegas. And you know, this card maligned to a degree. I got to be honest, it's a sneaky good card, like I said at the top. I like the majority of these fights. There's an interesting storyline in the majority of these fights, starting with the Alan Joban fight against Jared Gooden, the early prelims, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Plus and ESPN2. Alan Joban hasn't fought in a year and a half, coming off of ACL surgery. Looking forward to seeing him return. Nicholas Dalby is always a good time. He's fighting on the prelims on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus at 8 p.m. Those begin, so we got 6.30, and then they move to uh, 8 o'clock. What about Antonina Shevchenko fighting Ariana? Lipsky. Uh, Shevchenko is fighting on the same card as her sister, Valentina. First time in UFC history that you have two sisters fighting on the same card. What about Joaquin Buckley returning after that incredible KO, the knockout of the year, most likely? He's going to be on this card, on the prelims, looking to you know, take the next step after that great knockout. What about Brandon Moreno going up against Brandon Royval? Two top contenders. At 125, what about Paul Craig versus Shogun Hua on the pay-per-view card? The legend, Shogun, they're running it back after their draw. 
uh, last year. Cynthia Calvillo fighting against Caitlin Chukagian. Calvillo might be a player at 125. Mike Perry against Tim Means. And then, of course, Valentina Shevchenko against Jennifer Maya for the women's flyweight title. And then the main event, Davison Figueredo, the god of war, 19-1 and against Alex Perez. Yes, it's not Khabib. It's not Israel. It's not DC Stipe. It's not Usman Masvidal. But I think if you're a hardcore fan, there's a lot to like there. And I'm not trying to shill here. I'm not trying to. I'm just telling you, there's a lot to like here. So stop being so negative. Enjoy it. Support it. And we'll talk about it next week. Also, please support this podcast. Rate, download, subscribe, review. It's very important. I love the reviews. They help us tremendously. And the subscriptions. And shout out to Jimbo, who gave us a five-star review. And he said, and I quote, a year ago, I was at most a casual fan, but listening to this here podcast has fully converted me into a diehard. Thanks for helping me discover how great the sport is. Much love, Jimbo, and much love to all of you. Much love to our guests, Valentina Shevchenko, Davidson Figueredo, and of course, the great Darren Till. Much love to TST, who produced this podcast. Much love to all of you. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.